I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, February 24, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a wild day, obviously, on the docket. We're going to unpack the whole thing. Markets got taken out behind the woodshed, shot three times, left for dead. We're going to unpack the entire ball of wax Look around the horn, see what we have. We'll talk numbers, we'll talk charts, we'll talk market psychology, we'll talk coronavirus, we'll talk the whole nine yards. First, let's get a couple of things out of the way. Everybody knew this was coming if you've been around here for any length of time. We just didn't know what day it was coming. We talked about it dozens of times. We're going to wake up one day, the trap door opens, and here it is. They hand the bulls their head on a silver platter. The market takes the escalator up and the elevator down. We know the entire routine. This was always coming. The issue this time around was they did a wonderful job of sucking in as many bulls as they can, making a new high, making it look like the market was going to go up forever. We had divergences. We had bullish divergences. We had bearish divergences. We had markets that would get rescued all the time. The buy the dip crowd was running rampant. Finally, Sunday night, they opened them down and they stayed down. Let's cover a couple of obvious things right on the chart. A, I have a line on the chart, 321.74. We're going to get to that in a few moments. Let's cover the big tail candle that goes all the way up to the gap from Friday. Did the market trade up there? Absolutely not. Why is it on the chart? Is it shenanigans? Is it an error? We don't know what we're going to call it is. It's an erroneous print. We're going to double check on the hourly chart. Did the market ever trade up to that price? No, it didn't. Never came close. The hourly chart or any other chart for that matter doesn't confirm the print that shows up on the daily chart. It's an erroneous print. What do we do with that information? We don't do anything with that information. If the market is back up trading anywhere in the vicinity of that gap left open from Friday, we're going to be talking about that gap anyway. We don't need this erroneous print really to tell us anything. Second item of interest, is the top finally in? Well, yeah, I would say the top is finally in. But the bigger question is, what happens from here? Was this enough of a correction for now? Hell, the market was down over 3% in one day. Just doing quick eyeballs math, probably 5% from the top. There will be traders, there will be investors, fund managers, long-only managers for sure that want to call this enough of a correction. So let's talk about where we are on the chart, and then we'll talk about other stuff. Are we at an important area on the chart? Well, I can certainly make a case this is an important area. The market spent a lot of time here, which is in and around that same price, and we also have an important pivot low here. The market did not eclipse on the downside or on the southern side, that pivot low, but it certainly qualifies as somewhat of a test of that important or pivot low. So does it make sense that the market found some stability, some support in and around this area? 
Absolutely. Should come as no surprise when you look at those two items that we just discussed, why the market stopped short of going much lower today. Doesn't mean it won't go much lower. It just means that on the first run, this was certainly a logical area where you're going to get some buyers showing up for something that at minimum looks like a dead cat bounce. I'm going to throw you an early short hop for a moment. I want to go through, and it's not that I'm going to read to you inside the numbers, but I want to point out some important things. I'm going to scroll, and I want you to read it. If you're participating in the market at all, and you're not reading this during the day, you're selling yourself short. This is an intraday schematic. It's a tour guide. We have the numbers. We don't necessarily know where the market's going to be at every minute of every day. But one thing I can tell you, if you take the time to read what's in the notes today, both the pre-market and throughout the day, you'll find we have a pretty good handle on what the hell's going on. So let me scroll the pre-market morning notes. You already read the first part. Here's the second part. How about stocks on the move? We're going to get to this also. A Wild West day right out of the gate. We have listed stocks on the board, stocks on the move. We have three that hit their price targets. We're going to take a look at those charts. There were some traders that stepped in to buy up some of these stocks. It's not easy to do. I get the whole thing. Just want to go over them. We want to stress the point. The numbers are important. The numbers work. And we're going to mix that in with a discussion on stock selection, day trading stock selection. How do you select on a day like today? We're going to talk a little bit about that. Let's get back up to the commentary. There were a couple of early notes that showed up. When things are wild, you know they're going to be wild. They've been wild since last night. My mind races. I'm thinking about numbers. I'm looking at charts. You can only imagine what goes through my mind. It's almost not fair to me. But in the end, I absolutely love it. Let's keep moving on. I want you to read this stuff. Take the time to read this stuff. Pause the video, read it. I'm going to keep scrolling, read it again. I want you to focus on a couple of important numbers. ES 3244, 3245, it's mentioned a number of times throughout the day. You're also going to see a number that showed up, which also showed up on the chart in the form of a horizontal trend line. Despite what is or is not going on in the market, there is the ability, they do give us the ability to read the tape. The only difference is, or the only differentiator is, who can read the tape and who can't. That's it. Period. Full stop. And by the way, nobody can read the tape right 100% of the time. It's impossible. However, over here, we're going to be right the majority of the time. That's just the way it is. It's not an accident that the market shows up at these numbers over and over and over again. It's not an accident that it looks like we know what numbers the market's going to ahead of time. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. Why? Because they let you read the tape if you can read the tape. Short-term charts start to bottom. Longer-term charts start to bottom. Resistance prices come into play. They spike them by a little bit because the market's in a Wild West or Rodeo scenario. But then all of a sudden, lo and behold... We're once again below a would-be or should-be resistance price. It happens over and over and over again. And on days like today, for those of you, and there are plenty of you that were actively or are and will be actively trading the market on days like today, and there's the end of the notes, by the way, read the notes. But for those of you trading the market actively throughout the trading day, each and every day, they're giving the opportunity 
One of the big differences that sets apart successful traders from those that still struggle is conviction in what they're trading. Are you moving your stops around? Are you getting whipped out of the trade because your stop is in the wrong place? Where should your stop be? Well, that depends on the trade, but those are the things that are taught in the course, Lazy E-mini Trader. Those are the things that are found inside the numbers. We're going to get back to that 321.74 in a moment. Stocks on the move. Remember AMD right off the list. First price on the board, 48.07. They bought them up right at the open. By the way, they bought everything up right at the open for the most part. What causes that? Short covering, traders that were short over the weekend, buying them back right at the open, buy the dip crowd, buying right at the open. It's the morning rush, but magnified. There's also one more group of people, and unfortunately, these are the ones that sell the open, thinking the trapdoor is still open, and we're going to scale down another 30 or 40 points in the S&P, and they immediately get whipped out at the open. Panic buying ensues, more short covering, buying begets buying, next scene shows, you have a rally on your hands. Whether it's a half hour, 15 minutes, or two hours, that's the way it works. So this one, AMD, 48.07, and look what happened. Just in minutes, it's already at 49.75 already by 10.15 in the morning. You're basically at 50 bucks. How about Roku, 108.42 on the board. Stock opened the day at 110.30, dipped right into the number, making a low at 108.05. What happened? Took off to the upside. 115.98 is the high. A ridiculous rocket ride in 20-25 minutes. Not saying you can get the whole thing, but you take what you can get in these scenarios. You'll notice in the commentary, that's what I was saying. You have to book profit. If they keep going, fine. You have some in your pocket, but you don't let it go negative on you. At the time, you don't know whether the market's going to turn around and fall through the trap door again. The market was open for just a few minutes. Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen next. Disney gives us a slightly different look. At the opening bell, it doesn't come into the number, rallies away with everything else. Then it comes in later on in the trading day, around midday. 131.60 was the number posted on the board, along with everything else, probably at 7.30 in the morning. Rallies off that number. What was it later in the day? Here's a high at 134.17. The numbers are important way more often than they're not. Which brings me to something else I wanted to discuss, which is stock selection. So this morning, I had a list that could choke a horse of opportunity right in front of us. So the question is, how do you select the right stocks? How do you select stocks that, at least from where I sit, are the best opportunities when you have literally hundreds of opportunities right in front of our face? Here's the answer. On a day like today, when everything was getting some kind of sliced and diced, haircut, buzz cut, any kind of cut, you have to take a couple of things into consideration. You'll notice that every single stock on the board was a name we know. Not going to trade stocks we don't know today. Light volume stocks that on a big seller, for example, let's say a stock trades four or 500,000 shares a day or even less than that and you have an enormous seller that shows up with a big position wants to dump it at the open it's an institutional seller well there are times on those kind of stocks when you can throw the numbers out the window so on a day like today when the market's getting taken out behind the woodshed and the S&P 500 is down a cool hundred handles dows down a thou you don't mess around with stocks like that you play the names we know 
Some of them might trade through their numbers, but Disney's not going to be $30 tomorrow. Maybe some other day, but not tomorrow. All right, back to the SPY. 321.74 was simply a gap, but that's not really all that it was. There was something else that I was looking at, and remember, I'm generally looking where nobody else is. Some people were looking at this, but not many. Now, at the time price was there, it didn't matter what this other thing was, and I'm going to show you the thing in a minute. It's just interesting where it was, where the market found support, at least for the day, and it coincided with some other important stuff. So stuff all put together, stacked on top of each other, is important. So we had the gap. Now, if you're just looking at the daily chart, all you really see is the fact that here's a low and it's coming up at 320.73. The low of day today was 321.24. Got close, but never got to or even pierced through the low of the 31st of January. That was this low here. But here's the other thing that probably 98, maybe 99% of traders out there were not focused on. Can't confirm or deny that it was important or isn't important. I think it's an important zone, and here's one of the reasons why, and you'll probably hear it going forward, because it has to do with where the market closed out 2019. So here's December 31, 2019. Closing price, 321.86. Low of day today, 321.24. 321.74 was the gap that I zeroed in for Inside the Numbers members earlier in the day. One of the reasons why I was able to zero in on that gap, not only just because it was a gap, but I also knew that it was right next to that 2019 closing price. So now, how do you spot a market turn intraday? What are you looking for? So I start down at a five-minute chart, and I just run through a bunch of different charts. I actually have most of them on one screen that I could look at everything in one spot. So here, we see a tiny little tail candle and a doji candle. This is stuff that's right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. That in and of itself on a five-minute chart isn't really telling you anything. It's more of an awareness that maybe, just maybe something's developing in and around an important price zone. Then you see a nice big candle. So it's like a reversal candle, but it's still on a five-minute chart. So we don't hang our hat on it. We're just aware of it. What's the 10-minute chart looking like? Well, you have one of those pseudo-doji candles. Again, something right out of the course. You have a reversal candle. So now, all of a sudden, the puzzle starts putting some pieces together on the table. The bull case, and it's a very short-term bull case, we're just looking for a bottom. We're looking for an intraday bottom. Nothing more, nothing less. Not looking for a multi-day advance right here. Not looking for new highs to show up by Wednesday. Looking for a short-term intraday bottom. That's the mindset. In fact, at this point in time, while this is going on through my mind, I don't even care how much the market is down for the day. There's going to be a short-term bottom at some point. So guess what? I'm looking for it. 15-minute chart. So we have a low and we have a reversal candle on a 15-minute chart of the most previous 15-minute candle. So right here is a candle. Right here is a reversal candle with a new low finishing near the high. That's a pretty good sign from a 15-minute chart perspective that something's cooking. It's not going to work 100% of the time, but this one's going to be put in the 80-20 camp. 80% of the time, this is going to work out. How much it works out is relative. At the same time, what does the 30-minute chart look like? 
Looks like a tail candle and another pseudo-doji candle. How you doing? You can see the story starting to unfold. This is reading the tape. How's the hourly chart shaping up? Another tail candle, another pseudo-doji candle. The plot thickens. Now, at the time this is all going on, I'm providing the commentary inside the numbers, and they're hearing the same thing with some details, some reasoning behind it, and some target prices on the northern side. How about this? I flip over to a 120-minute chart, I take the same gap, and on a two-hour basis, so they had a chance, they were down there, but instead of going lower, on this chart, they decided to close above the gap. Is that bullish or bearish? Well, at first glance, it's not going to be bearish. It's bullish if it has to be one or the other. What they do with it after the fact is a whole nother story, but this is how we put it together, piece by piece by piece. I told you, inside my mind is a dangerous place to be. What if the market keeps selling? Where are the numbers on the downside? Well, the near-term numbers, if this low is eclipsed, and this low being 320.73, if it's eclipsed on a closing basis, and it's not that far from the next number, 319, 317.32, and on another washout, 314.50. And that doesn't have to be the end. This is just where the market would likely find the next area of at minimum of intraday stability. You have a 100 period moving average. This is for certain a breakout zone and you can make a case there's a couple or three different breakout zones. There's a gap. There's a lot of stuff going on in there. But let's also talk about what kind of day it was. And again, you got to take this huge tail candle off the plate. You got to wipe it off the chart and just say, we finished pretty much near the lows of the day. I watch about 450 stocks. Here's the list, sorted in order of up to down. Stocks that were up on the day and how much? All the way the other direction. Out of around 450, 18 were in the green, one was flat, and everything else was down. You can read the blogs and they'll tell you that it was a 90% down day. From a technical perspective, they're right. I don't need the technical perspective out of the textbook when I look at my own list of stocks which are representative of the market and I have only a handful that are up, I already know it's a 90% down day. The question is, how do we read that? Well, here's how you read it. Under normal garden variety market conditions, you're not going to get another one back to back. You're going to get a dead cat bounce. That's using the 80-20 rule, but keep in mind, out of 100 times, about 20 of those, that's not going to work, and you will get a follow-through day. So I'm just saying, on a 90% down day, normal garden variety market conditions using the majority rules, you get a dead cat bounce. If you don't get it, one of those numbers on the downside will provide a rip-your-face-off rally. What's going on over in Camp IWM? How about a rollover? So here's what we have, right? Technically speaking, we had an up move, and we were trying to consolidate in a bullish fashion above the moving averages to challenge the old high. That's what we've been talking about. And if they did, could they go higher? Either way, this failure is releasing the same energy that would have went this way back down this way. The question is, how much is there? How much was there? Is this the end? They didn't even hit the 100 period moving average. Odds on. Again, putting aside what happens tomorrow... Odds on, this ain't it. On the flip side, corresponding low over here, and the IWM doesn't come as close as the SPY came to its corresponding low. Do we read into that by too much? 
No. If we have something more tangible as a divergence and we can use it to our advantage in the IWM, that's fine. Right now, I can't read anything into that. This is a pretty significant failure of a pattern that was forming. It's usually not a one-day wonder. Now put the diagram we just drew aside and let's do something else. So what happens if we had a down move here and a bearish wedgish formation here that fails here and this is also an ABC, right? So you have an A leg down, a B leg up, and a C leg down, which completes only at minimum of below the low of the A leg. So this could actually come down way down here. Who knows? There's support in here. There's a lot of stuff going on. We don't know yet. We defer to a longer term chart to kind of clear up some of the nonsense some of the whipsaw behavior, some of the EKG stuff on the chart, and we say, all right, we came down below the 20-period moving average, but it's Monday, this is a weekly chart, it's a weekly period moving average, and technically speaking, from a weekly chart perspective, while there was damage done today on the chart, all in all, it's not that bad. Just have to put everything in perspective. The market may come down another 10 or 15%, but it's not going to do it tomorrow. And at times, while it's not doing it, it's going to look like it's doing something completely different. That's the way the market works. What's going on down at the transportation department? Mr. or Mrs. Canary in the coal mine. So when this chart comes up at this point, because of what happened today, we can't help but do this, right? This was obvious. Now it's obvious. But they tried to not make it obvious by getting back above the moving averages. They filled the gap. They look like they want to go higher. And then they just crack them. Open the trap door and look where we are now. So when you compare the transports and the IWM and the SPY, you have three different pictures on your hand. If one's going to be the canary in the coal mine and it's going to be the transports, who's leading to the downside? The transports. You have some important pivot lows right here. The low is 10,533. You have a low here, 10,454. You recapture those pivots and the 200 period moving average and they can begin to do a repair job a la rescue operation. But until and unless that happens, then they're coming right back down to 10,000 just a matter of time. How about the XLF? So we're talking about $30.98 day after day after day. They're hanging around, hanging around, hanging around, making it look really, really good. And we're focused on one thing in terms of that number anyway. We're focused on can they close the month of February above or below the number? Why? Because it's a monthly chart number. If you're new here, you got to go back to the videotape from a while ago. If you've been around a while, we've been talking about this forever. Then we focused on another number, and that low down here was $30.25. Remember, they lost it, then they recaptured it. Well, guess what? They lost it again. It's lost, forgotten. It's not important anymore. They lost that number. They lost the 30.98. Like everything else, they got taken behind the woodshed. By the way, look at this hourly chart. This would be from Friday. You have a down move. You consolidate in a bear flag formation all day long. Open a trap door Sunday night. Market's always telling a story. Are we good enough to read it is the point. Smash Mouth, SMH, same routine. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong, nothing wrong, technically speaking, until there's something wrong. Friday, they closed below the 20-period moving average. Hit them today. Big down day, 4.5%. Pretty good indicator of the tech space. Likely, 
We're not done yet. We're just aware that we still could be in for a dead cat bounce sooner than later. But it doesn't have to be. Inside the Numbers members will have a beat on everything first thing in the morning. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? And without you, these videos are not possible? Well, I know I didn't tell you today, so I needed to tell you, and I do appreciate each and every one of you. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss in this video. I hope it was helpful. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.